0: this morning? Amen. Amen. Wasn't it such a beautiful song service? Amen. Amen. Almost came came dancing into the sanctuary because it was, it was good. Amen. Uh, David had a way of rejoicing and he said I was glad when they said let us go to the house of the Lord. Amen. We rejoice when we come to the presence of the Lord. Isn't it so? Yes, um, Amen. So I'm glad to see all of you. Uh, I traveled safely to Zimbabwe and I'm back. Amen. Uh, there was a plan to keep me longer, but I said, No plan formed against me shall prosper. <laughs> Amen. Uh, I found the, the plan that, okay. We are cancelling your ticket now. We want to send you to Bulawayo, and then when you come back from Bulawayo, we want you to go to Masvingo. So I was just sitting there and said, "Ah, it's not gonna work. Me, I'm going home. Amen." Ah, but they treated me very well. It's always great to be in Zimbabwe. Amen. Ah, very nice people. Um, Uh, I think I'll just give a report and snippets of it during my sermon. Amen. Uh, We travel to learn. Amen. We travel to learn so that as the people learn from you, you will learn from them. Amen. Uh, If you want to get far in life, sometimes you've got to pause and check how the other fella is doing it and learn from how he's doing it, and then it will improve on how you do things We way together. Uh, you can see on the continent, um, Congo has done exceptionally well as far as the coverage of the message is concerned, followed by Zimbabwe. It's done extremely well. Amen. From there, I don't know where to put who. I only know those two. Amen. But uh, we thank God that as we travel, it inspires one to have a broader vision. Uh, somebody said you can never be what you have never been exposed to. You can't say you want to be a doctor unless you have never seen a doctor in your life. Uh, together. So when you travel, it broadens your scope on how, how you see things. That's why you've got to be humble and learn. Amen. Some uh, of the view that he, because of the newspaper reports that there is no, no money in Zimbabwe because the media says there is no money in Zimbabwe. Amen. Uh, I, I didn't see that. Hallelujah. I did not see that we had a great time when I was in Zimbabwe. Uh, it seemed like there was more money that side than this side. Hallelujah. When I say money, they were saying there's no money in the circulation. People, people, money, money has run out. Uh, but uh, I didn't see that. Hallelujah. Uh, believers are determined to do the best that they can do for the kingdom of God. When God is on your side, it doesn't matter what the state of the economy looks like. Amen. Amen. What matters, God has got to be on your side. Amen. So without waste of time, God bless you. I missed music here at home. Um, Matthew 5, God bless you, singers. Matthew 5, from verse 13 to 16. I'll just read a scripture and recap and just acknowledge the great work that was done in my absentia here. Let's read Matthew 5, verse 13. Maybe let's read it together. Amen. Maybe you can repeat after me. Ye Ye are the salt of the earth. Ye are the salt of the earth. I'll read that until we all read it. Ye are the salt of the earth.
1: We are the salt of the
0: earth. Just turn around and say, neighbor, you are the salt. Are the salt. Just to make sure the neighbor is awake. But if the salt have lost his sa- sa- savor, Amen. If the salt have lost his savor. Wherewith shall, be flavor, wherewith
1: shall
0: it be salted? Amen. If it has lost its flavor, how shall it be used to season food? It is henceforth good for nothing. Good for nothing. If you lose your flavor, you are good for nothing. Amen. Amen. But to be cast out out. and to be trodden under foot of men. men. You can see that the difference between the salt and the scent is the flavor. As soon as the salt loses the flavor, it's as good as the scent. To be trodden by foot of men. Let's continue. 14. Ye are the light of the world. world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be be hid. So that means if you are a light, a light has got to get the prominency in an area so that it can its light can cover the area. Are we together? You can't put the light under the table. There's going to be obscurity. So that means there must be nothing that obscures you from you casting the light upon this world. Verse 15. Neither do you mean light a candle and put it under a bushel. But on a candle sticks and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. It has to be elevated to give the people the light. What does it mean, folks? It means when you're a believer, you get to any place, your life, the Christian life has got to be elevated. People have got to know who you are so that you can bring light in you, in that environment. I heard on Wednesday the last song that you sang it was a price in the corner where you are. Amen. I think it ties up with this verse. Verse 16 Let your light so shine before me. Let your light so shine before me. And the prophet of our comes, he calls, he says you are God's billboard. Amen. When those that are in advertising and marketing would know, when we we want to erect a billboard, we look for uh, a prominent route. It has to be along the highway. It has to be along a busy route so that it is exposed that whoever drives past, they must be able to see it. Are we together? Mm-hmm. That's why between Pretoria and Jobek, You see a lot of billboards because in no time you've got over half a million cars going past that area. So everybody has got to be exposed to it. So a Christian must be where they are visible. Are we together? Amen. Amen. There's a difference between being visible and being too forward. Amen. Amen. I just want to bring a distinction. Being too forward is when you do things without a sense of modesty, but uh, being visible is when your character transmits a certain godly energy around the people that are around you, how you talk, how you walk, how you dress, there's a lot of elements that come together. That make it to project your message. Are we together? Let your, so Let your light so shine before me that they may see your good works. See your good works. You see, your, your works have got to be seen. And glorify your Father which is in heaven. Glorify your Father which is in heaven. I, I like that. That... Maybe, maybe this might be my entire sermon by the time you sit down I'll be done that they may see your good works and through your works they may glorify your Father so Brother Brandon even before I run ahead of myself he says, you'll bear with me, I was in Zimbabwe normally we stand for an hour before we preach <laughs> Amen that they may see your good works. So that means, Brother Brahman says, every Christian is obligated to be a missionary. So that means every believer, their, their first post of duty is to be a missionary. And they will use whatever comes after to advance their post of duty. So that means if, if you are into engineering, we can see God through your engineering. I know it will be difficult because a lot of people they look at their lives in compartments. I'm an engineer by week. I'm a believer by, by, by weekend. It doesn't work like that. You are a believer on Monday. How you do things through that somebody can see Christ. Are we together? Um, Psalm 68, verse 11, before I allow you to sit down, it's just only one verse. Psalm 68, verse 11. While waiting for it, Brother Masuma no says, Let us give God a smile offering.
1: Amen.
0: Are we good to go As things jumped? All right, there it is. The Lord gave the weight. The Lord give the weight. <laughs> this message does not come from a man, folks. The Lord gave the weight. weight. I want you to repeat that. The Lord gave the weight. weight. Great Great was the company of those that published it. So, the Lord will give the weight, but great is the company of those that publish it. Amen. A lot of time. Many of us, we see when God giveth the word, But when we come to the company of those that publish it, many of us are not found. Brother Branham says, it is said that one man can hear the gospel twice, while the next man has never heard the gospel. And God, how can he speak? He doesn't have the mouth, but your mouth. How can he walk? He doesn't have legs, but your legs, as we bow our heads. Gracious Heavenly Father, we are very much thankful this morning to be in your, in your presence, dear God. It means so much to be here among the eagles, dear God, people that have made the decision in the end time to follow this peculiar call and surrender their lives to the cause of the gospel. They have come here so that through the fellowship they can strengthen one another. And Lord, I remember when Elijah came to the point where he said, I'm the only one that is still remaining. But God said, no, 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 no. There is still a couple of them that have not bowed down to Baal. And this morning, the reason we have come together a prayer, the presence of every brother and every sister in the building is simply to say, you are not alone. We are still here together. Amen. Help us to have the fellowship around your way. I'm standing here, and I thank you for your traveling mercy. May you bless the, the saints back in Zimbabwe for what they are doing for you, dear God. And Lord, has blessed bless the saints here at home. May you continue to be the God that will lead and protect and guide them. We thank you for everything that you are doing for us as we commit the reading of the way to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 So... We thank God for the Sunday message, uh, the potter and the clay. Brother Chetty, God bless you richly. We thank God for yielding to the, to the potter. Brother Watt came on Wednesday. We thank God for that. Amen. Yeah, I really admire the bravery of Brother Watt uh, because I picked up his city. He started preparing the message on Saturday, or while he was at work on Friday, uh, about the clay and the potter, and when Brother Chetty came and he preached about that, had it been somebody else, including myself, I would have said, ah, it's already been spoken about, I need to get something else, but he continued on the same path, amen. Amen. So we, we just loved the continuity of the message, and I said, The porter, the porter was at the Lighthouse Tabernacle, uh, molding the clay. Amen. So we really thank God for everything that is being done, the unity of the saints and working together. I say uh, ministry is a collaboration work. I hope you'll help me by saying Amen. Amen. I if amen is not coming, I will close. Amen. I so the ministry is like a building a house. If you can have a man that would come to you and say, I can build you a house, and you will say to him, but I'm looking for a bricklayer, and he says, I'm the bricklayer. And he says, then I need somebody to plaster. He says, I can plaster. And he says, I'm looking for somebody that can put the roof. He says, You surely have me. And he says, I need somebody to do the ceiling. He says, Oh, yes, I'm here. And say so says, I'm looking for somebody to do the tiling. He says, I'm here. Then you must really begin to realize you've got a problem at your hand. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> you've got a problem on your hand. Because that means that man is a jack of all trades and master of none. Hallelujah! In the ministry, we don't need the master of all trades. We we don't need the jack of all trades, but we need a master. Yeah. You need to find somebody that says, "This is my field, and if God told me to come and plant the corn here, I will plant plant the corn in the best possible way." Yeah. So what I'm simply saying, sometime the pastor can be a good bricklayer, but it doesn't mean that the pastor is a plaster. He was got to get another... God will send another brother to plaster. Hallelujah. Will send another brother to put the tiling. Are we together? Amen. What I'm simply saying is that the ministry is the teamwork. It's where people come together to work for a common goal of advancing the cause of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can I have an amen on that? Amen. 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 I, would Im- I would imagine... Uh, I'm not much of a musician, I'm just an admirer of musician, but for a good song, I think Brass Boot to come out nicely, there's got to be maybe the pianist has got to take a lead, and there is a certain uh, melodical flow that has got to be followed, and the drama must, must find a way to say, how do I play within this harmony, and the, the, the bass guitarist must know that this is my role, Are we together. What makes a what makes a, good, a bad band, we've got a great band, but what makes a bad band is when a drummer says, this is me, I want the church to hear me. And when he does that, he may, he may overshadow the pianist. Hallelujah. But when the band plays together, then you feel a nice music coming from there, and God comes down. Um, and i 'm just using, the, using that as an analogy in the building when the pastor is in his position deacons in their position, trustees and treasurer, the laity, then that church it becomes a might, it becomes an invincible army. It moves in a certain direction. are we together? So, so we really, really thank God for the brothers that have ministered during the week you've done exceptionally well. And I understand yesterday the sisters got together uh, just for a fellowship. That I, I really, really endorse it and encourage it so much that from time to time the sisters have got to come around the same table and begin to share their own experiences. Hallelujah. Encourage one another. Uh, I'm told of a new phrase. They call it a storm sister. A storm sister, the sister they say, is the kind of woman that will stand between the woman and the, other, and the storm. Amen. So we need more storm sisters in the faith, people that will stand between the devil and their fellow sisters, either by prayer or by advices and so forth. Are we together? Amen. Amen. And we, we, we appreciate the maturity of the sisters. A lot of times we get reports of people that have been encouraged through those forums. And folks... Let me tell you something. In life, if you, if you don't want to get anywhere as a team or as people, uh, there's what we are call who came up with it syndrome. Who came up with it syndrome? It's the most dangerous syndrome. So that means before if somebody says we need to do something like this, somebody says, "But who came up with it?" Oh his brother Mutoke he say, "I knew it. He thinks it's somebody." Then before you know it, it gets jeopardized. And I'm glad the sisters have got no such spirit. You are coming together. And I'm saying, if there are many more programs that you would want to come up with, as long as they advance the course of the message, may you come up so that we can move forward. Are we together? Amen. Brother Brenham says, we are all responsible. From the pastor, I don't get enough women. I don't know whether I'm saying the right things. Amen. Uh, amen. From the pastor to the laity, everybody is responsible. This is your church. And everybody takes accountability. If you see something that is wrong, raise your hand and say, it must be fixed. Are we together? Because why? You are taking responsibility. Responsible people take initiative. Are we together? If something is broken, it has to be fixed. If there, is a, if there is a particular spirit and God shows you is beginning to get into the church, don't be afraid to have a backbone and say, but I think, I think there may be a problem there. Let's look into that. Amen. That's how a church is like. Are we together? Uh, I hope we, it sings in amen. amen. So we really, really appreciate everything. We are planning for the convention, as Pastor, Brother Mpayana has indicated. Uh, you know, one thing, when, 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 you, when you get God's favor, things happen without you being forceful. Hallelujah. When you If you want to know that something is from God, things will just work together. Uh, but when you begin to, to think that no man... Maybe I must take a shortcut... It may not be from God. Uh, so I'm simply saying, oh, as we are arranging the convention, many, of, many times we don't struggle to get ministers to come and minister for us. Every time when I pick up a caller and say, Brother, we are having the meeting, would you come? They immediately say, Brother, we are coming there to support. And I always say, that is God's favor. Amen. Brother Obert Dioka will be with us during the convention. Amen. Uh, amen. Uh, He said, Pastor, during that time, I'll be around South Africa for a holiday. I said, holiday during December? We are canceling that. Since you are here, come and be part of the service. Amen. Amen. Uh, because normally they've got to conventions at different times of the year. So during that time, normally they don't have anything. I said, no. Then if you are in South Africa, stop by. So he will definitely be with us the entire convention. Brother Stephen Francis will be with us. Brother Joseph Latola will be with us. So it's quite a strong contingency. Amen. And I know musicians uh are working hard behind the scene to to do something so that during that time we have a great time. Amen. And I don't know. I'm I'm still going to I can run ahead of myself. Normally during New Year's Eve I normally prefer that we spend time together and it is always in my heart. Uh you will know those that are not on the board. One thing about being difficult to work with me is that I drop an idea, then the board works backwards to make it happen. Hallelujah. Amen. There are some ideas that you just have it on the pulpit, but when God says you drop it, men of God must find a way to say, How do we navigate around that? It's not confirmed. Brother, I was taken to. Uh, brother Vindayal. The third Exodus team will be traveling to Rwanda. From Rwanda they will be in eastern Congo. They will be coming to Kenya. And it's amazing that between the 30th and the 1st they've got to make a connecting, Their connecting flight will be around South Africa. So they will have a couple of days here I don't know what God will do during that time. Are uh, we together? Amen. How many know third exodus singers? Amen. Amen. So we'll see what we can do with our brethren in Jobek, the likes of Brother Brian, what we can do around that time. But uh, maybe God can have can make us to have the Skosanas and the Third Exodus in one room. Hallelujah. And the rest of our singers. Hallelujah. I hope I've not offended anyone when I said the rest because maybe people would want to be called by name, but every every person is important. Are we together? I don't know what God may do there, but we'll advise in terms of the details. Maybe either we'll have to go to Jobek or the Jobek people have got to come this side. Whichever way, are we together? Amen. So we really thank God for that. Uh, If it is doable, it is doable. If it is not doable, it is not doable. But we said, if it is God's will, we don't force. If it's God's will, things just work out for themselves. Amen. So, we are very much happy uh, just to bring you up to date. Sunday, I was at uh, uh, the Spoken Weight Ministries at Belle de uh, where I preached for the Sunday service. And then on Monday, it was just a rest. She's there, I spend time at Voice of God recording. What they, maybe just to bring those that may not know, there's a time when the pastors came together in Zimbabwe and they created one fund and the churches in the entire country, they contributed into that fund and they bought a a piece of property, quite a, a sizable piece of property, and then they renovated that property. It has offices, it has warehouse, it has somewhere where it is a, a playground or a, a park-like, and then it has what we call a conference room, and then they took the keys and invited Brother Joseph Brenham and said, here's the key to the property. We are donating this to Voice of God recordings. Now, Voice of God recordings said we cannot get it for free. Uh, can't. We put pay something. They said no. You don't have to pay anything because over the years you have been sending us books free of charge. It's about time that we do something just to plow back into the ministry. Are we together? Uh, uh, do you see? It's not about the economy. It's about the vision and the determination. When I was there, what, what amazed me, at the playground, they had a replica of uh, where Brother Brenham was born. They've got a log cabin. They've got a, the tree where Brother Brenham, you remember when he said the voice spoke to him. They, they, they've taken all those elements and put them up there. So from time to time, they would invite the Sunday school kids in the entire country or by a congregation and they will come and play out the life of the prophet on the playground. Uh, hallelujah. Oh, that's Zimbabwe. You can clap hands for them. And then once a, I don't know whether it is it once a month believers would uh, assemble at uh, VGR Voice of God recordings to have a quiet time look we don't say they agree the church is there they are having their own differences but they realize that we cannot differ on the color of the dress we all agree it's a dress whether you see that it's pink or cream white that's up to you but it's a dress and we are going to heaven so that is the, what the unit is able to produce in that country so Tuesday I was there the rest of the day, I was quite impressed that the person that is managing the entire operation, translation, workers, and the activities of Voice of God recording is just a mere 21-year-old brother, Stephen Tutani, 21 years old. And I'm saying, young people, in this message, you've got a role to play. I think Brother Mpanyana uh, and Brother Mchokosen, Brothers Bu and Brother Masuma and, and, and those that were at the youth convention you'd remember him, he was the one that was the program director at 21 years old um, what I'm, why I'm putting that sometimes we've got to say this thing so that when you are a young man and you don't do anything profitable for the Lord, your conscience must begin to to make you restless and say, but uh, when we are going to attend the prize giving ceremony and they give out prizes, will my name be called? Or will I just be part of the people that uh, received from the Lord but never published? Are yeah. we together? I thought I might just say that. So Wednesday, I was back at the Spoken Word Ministries, the way Pastor Chitin is a pastor, and uh, and the Wednesday I was there. But prior to that, uh, there's a brothers that took me around what was what they were doing around. Actually, Monday, it was not just a relaxation day. We went to Chihweshe. Is it the right way to pronounce it? Situation. It's a rural area like Verena. Okay. I hope somebody says Verena is not rural. I um, mean, that's debatable. Amen. Ah, no, sister Masangozoo, in laws are from there. Amen. Ah, it just came to mind. Unfortunately, so it's like a a place called like Verena. Actually, Verena is better off because we've got a main road coming from Khorbazdal all the way to Brongor Sprite. Um, I can't say Siabusua, but it's a rural area. They've built a structure. I do not have time to do a, a, a presentation. The church that they built, the, the capacity is 3,500 in a rural area. The pastor there is Pastor Murero. He was telling me that, say, hey, pastor, you don't understand in this area when they need an ambulance, the, guess who is the ambulance, the pastor's car. Mm-hmm. And if somebody, if the sister needs to give birth, the pastor's car is the first one that they phone. And it says, guess what? When there is a funeral, the pastor's car is a house. When there is a wedding, the pastor's car will be driving the, the groom or the bride, but they were able to put up a structure, 3,500 capacity, a decent structure. What does it mean? Lack of money is a poor excuse. Hallelujah. Vision and determination will deliver the results. Amen. Amen. So, then, uh, I was taken through what the brothers were doing, Uh, I spent time with Pastor Morandu. I hope you are, I hope you are gleaning some of the things that I'm saying, the message that I'm preaching about already is influence. Amen. Then, uh, and if you are waiting for a sermon, you may be missing some of the things uh, the, the pastor that I spent time with is Pastor Moranju. He, he said, listen, Pastor, there was a time when the economy became bad and when the economy became bad and when you collected the offering and the tithes, it could hardly even reach $30. There was no money. So what he did, he started an electric, electrical warehouse did some of the construction, I want to show you where we are going. He says, people were wondering why the economy was failing, but we were succeeding. He says, the more we give to the Lord, the more the Lord gave back to us.
1: Uh,
0: Hallelujah. When I was there, uh, after I just jetted into Zimbabwe, they had a meeting where they baptized 59 people. 59 people. And to them, it's a norm. Wow. Amen. <laughs> and he made me laugh. He said, what we happened, we erected the tent in that area. And we, we even bought people food to eat. And we, we were simple. We said, listen, your false prophets will never come in this rural area. It's us that will come here. Because there is no money here, but we are here to give the gospel. And they gave the gospel to the people, and people are being baptized. Solid people. But where is the principle? Be, be, the more we give to the Lord, the more the Lord gives back to us. Are we together. Amen. And then later, Thursday, I spent the whole day on the farm with Brother Mdoti and and, and I became a farmer for a day, and looking for the cows. We had a vet there where we were injecting some medication for the cows. And Brother Mdodi told me that, listen, those two cows that you see over there, they are very special. They are for the convention. I'm donating them to the convention. Uh, yes, you can... Now, then it brought, it brought something to me and I said, we, we are doing very well as an assembly. We are doing very well. The leadership here, the trustees with limited resources, they've been able to achieve so much for the gospel in this area. Uh, Folks, hosting a convention is expensive. Some pastors, even well-established churches, avoid it because they avoid the cost structure. But the men that are here with limited resources, they've been able with limited resources to plow back so that we've got decent meetings, we've got decent ministers that are coming to minister. But uh, on the flip side of it, you know that everything, every strategy has got the pros and cons. The, the pros is that we are proactive to the needs of the saints. But the cons, and this is brought by the message that I preached before Brother Ovid came, of stewardship. A lot of few believers said, Pastor, whatever is needed, we are available to put our shoulder to the weak so that the gospel can go forward. Whatever is needed, let us know so that as the church, we can move together. Stay with me here. What does it mean? It simply means that the believers would want to partner with us in doing things. So a lot of times, maybe, Brother Mpainer, it says the camera is not capturing them at the back. So we need a camera system. What normally, how we have approached things with the leadership, we would sit down and say, here is a quotation for cameras. This is what we wear we need to cut in order to acquire the equipment for the camera. It has been working very well, but sometimes we've got to adapt the strategy. Believers are saying, tell us what the code is, and say, here is the code for the cameras, what can we do as a church in partnership with the trustees to make it to come to pass? We don't want to come to church and just find cameras. We want to partner with you. Let us share the burden. That's what the believers are saying. Yes. Hallelujah. Am I reflecting those that have contacted me very well? Yes. Hallelujah. So as, as we move, we learn that as you lead the people, you need to lead and pause and get a feedback and say, how do we navigate to this area? And I'm saying, the message of the stewardship, we have had a good response from believers. It was not an easy message for me to preach, but we thank God that the believers are saying, we want to partner with you in whatever you are doing. Are we together? Amen. 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 Then Friday I was back on at Spoken Weight Ministries. Then Saturday... I said, I'm thinking of the church back home. I'm leaving. Then I came back on Saturday, which is yesterday. Amen. Amen. They've been a wonderful bunch in Zimbabwe. We love them so much. My Zimbabwean family that is here, you are free to stop by by my house. I've got eight liters of the real Mazowie. (laughs) I managed to get it in. Amen. And uh, Sister... Uh, Sister Winnie, whenever she's in Australia, she normally brings special biscuits for me, and I really appreciate that. Brother Brennan, in this quotation, knoweth it not, he says, When a pastor is satisfied and the people are satisfied, it makes a real good church. Amen. Then God is satisfied. Amen. Are we together? And this satisfaction, the pastor has got to be satisfied. The people have got to be satisfied. God has got to be satisfied. The three, they make a good church. That is in the message, and know with it not, paragraph 19. Amen. Are we together? And I, as a family, we appreciate all the sins, whatever the sins are doing for us. Uh, I was quite amazed, the brother, I didn't speak to him yet. Uh, I don't know whether you feel comfortable, so I will not mention now till I speak to him. You just found that he bought the grocery and said, Pastor, you were not around, your wife was not around. Here's the grocery, and it's quite a, a sizable grocery. Wow. We appreciate that. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Brother Remy used to thank believers whenever they bought him a, bo- a box of candy. And there are believers sometimes that say, the, we are available, come over for dinner. We appreciate that. And that's what makes when one travels, one misses home. And that's what we miss about home, our way together. So I'm um, in the message, the influence. And God bless you, richly. Lighthouse Tabernacle, Continue to do what you are doing for the Lord. Your uh, efforts are being noticed by people out there. Continue on that path. Amen. Amen. Now, in the message, the influence, Brother Branham says, paragraph 33, you know there is so, and the date is 1963, the first, which is the 12th, paragraph 33. You know there is so many of us, most, of, or, most all of us influence somebody by the things that we do and the way we live, and the things we say. Amen. Things that you do, th- how you live, and things that you say carry an influence to somebody. And you may not be aware of who you are influencing, but Brother Bram says there is somebody in some corner, they are watching your life. They watch what you say, they watch how you live, they may not give you a feedback immediately, but after some years, they may come and tell you say, we have seen a lot of Christians, and we realize that it was just walk-wash. But in the midst of this, you are a different Christian. Hallelujah. So a believer has got to be conscious on how they live because you are influencing somebody. Folks, the greatest evangelism... Yes, we've got to have meetings, we can have outreach programs. It's good, we must have that. But the greatest tool for evangelism is the life of a believer 24-7. Amen. Are we together? Amen. At work, at school, how you live, how you do things. It can make somebody say, listen, why are you like this? Can I come with you? Why, why are you doing things like that? Then you can say, go and send the prophet in the end time. And that is why you see me living the way I'm living. And we may invite that person to church. And immediately when they come to church, they, they get baptized. But it's not the sermon that brought them in. Your life brought them in. Your life is the greatest sermon that will ever be preached. Brother, brother, say, don't preach me a sermon. Leave me one. Are we together? A lifted sermon is more precious and more impactful than a preached sermon. Now, influence, when you go and check in the dictionary, it says, is the capacity to have an effect on the character, development, or behavior of somebody. So, with influence, you've got the capacity to influence a character. A development or a behavior or somebody, and I am simply saying we we've got to be influential. What does it mean? We've got to have the capacity to affect a certain character in our children. We've got to have the capacity to influence their development or behavior. Are we together? We are not going to be spectators in our children's life. We've got to influence them. And how will we influence them? Kids are very sensitive. They don't watch what you say. They watch what you do. And what you do has got more effect on the kids than what you say. Are we together? And it says it's the capacity or power of persons or things to be a compelling force on or produce effects on the actions or behavior or opinions of the people. I want you to get to that so that I can come to this quotation that the prophet spoke about in the message, the church age book. Brother Brenham says something profound here. He says in the message when he preached about Laodicean church age, he says, if the church were truly spiritually rich, its influence would be felt upon community life. If the church were truly spiritually rich, its influence, its capacity to effect, to have an effect on the character of the people, on the development of the people, would be felt upon the community life. So that means the ultimate goal of any church must be to say, we are in this community, how do we influence this community? what are the demons that this community is battling with? And whatever demons that the community is battling with, the church has got the capacity to be able to bring an interruption to the program of the day. So that means you as a church, you cannot live below the challenges of the community. You've got to live above the challenges of the community and tell the community, we have the solution for that problem. Is there a drug problem? We've got a solution for that drug problem. And Brother Branham say, a church that is totally delivered will bring a total deliverance. Yes. Hallelujah. So that means if somebody is sick, the church has got the capacity to be able to, with the gift of divine healing, to, to pray for the sick, and the sick will be well. Yes. Are we together? Amen. What does it mean? The church is God's agent of change in the community. We are are supposed, folks, we are supposed to influence the community. We are supposed to rise above the community. The community has got to look up to the people and say, we may not be part of them, but we know they are on the right path. Are you here, folks? But, But it starts with how you live. You can't live a double life and be influential. Actually, when you are holding between two opinions it often results in insanity. Hallelujah. At some point in time, you you, you must be able to say, and Brother Brom say, you cannot be a Christian and be a sinner at the same time. You cannot be drunk and be sober at the same time. You've got to make a choice. Am I sober or am I drunk? Am I Christian or am I not a Christian? And, and, And those are pertinent questions that believers need to ask themselves, and I love how Brother Obed came about, and his message was simple, am I a Christian? Amen. And a, a lot of times we can rush and say, I am a Christian. But before you rush, you need to check, how is my life? Because there is a standard, there is an AC test that God has put for you to be able to say, am I, am I a Christian or am I not a Christian? But watch your life? What, what influence does your life bring on the next person? And if the influence is not godly, maybe you need to check the source of your influence. And if the influence is godly, then you can raise your hands and say, Devil, come what may, I'm a Christian. How do I know the impact that I've got on the people? I can never be in the presence of anybody without them asking them and saying, But why are you in the manner that you are? Because Brother Brown, say, A real Christian is an oddball. What does it mean to be an oddball? It means you are peculiar. There is a manner in which you approach things. There is a manner in which you speak. There is a manner in which you interact with people. And let me take it further. There is a manner in which you dress. Uh, Hallelujah. Are we together? Folks, imagine if you go and see the ambassador of India in Pretoria, the embassy, and you find him dressed like like an American. You're going to have a problem. When you walk through the Indian embassy, it must show that you are in an Indian, Indian, Indian embassy. The dressing, the decorum, the decoration, the history on the wall, even if you, we, we, we blindfold you and bring you into the embassy and open your eyes and say, where are you? You can say, I don't know where I am, but it must be Indian people that are here. What do you see is based on what is around you. And I'm simply saying we are the ambassadors of heaven. And being the ambassador of heaven, there is a particular way that people that are from heaven do things. Are we together? Uh, There is a particular way that people from heaven do things. There is a way we talk. There is a way we conduct ourselves. There is a way, the way we do things, it's unique. Because why? We are not influenced by this world. If the world goes this way, we go a different way. And folks, we want to influence this world. I was told that in Congo, Pastor Dioga came and he, he preached in his church and he simply said, I, I think he wanted the sisters to do, uh, to dress in a certain way and do a hair in a certain way. Within three months, the whole of Kinshasa, they thought it was a fashion. Even unbelievers were dressing like that. And they were doing their hairs in that way. But you know what, bring, what gives them the capacity to do that? They have worked in that community. I mean, if you see almost 10,000 women dressed in a particular way, it will go around the community. And I'm saying, if it can happen in Congo, it can happen in America. If it can happen in America, it can happen in Zimbabwe. If it can happen in Zimbabwe, it can happen in Weed Bank but it needs the willpower. Are we together, folks? And and let me put it this way. When you meet a Muslim woman, do you have to ask her if she's Muslim? Why don't you ask that she's Muslim? It's because of what? Brothers when you meet a muslim man do you have to ask which church he goes to How do you tell And after the dressing when you talk to them what happens You will never talk to him without him mentioning Allah It will it, he will drop statements and those statements will tell you that this one is a muslim Are, are we together then when you meet a, a Christian, yeah. hallelujah, and I'm, thinking, I'm talking about Christianity within the secular world, the normal world. When you meet a Christian, you have to ask. Isn't it so? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, are you a Christian? And a lot of times they say, yes. But why? You, you don't have to ask a Muslim, but you've got to ask. You, you don't have to ask a Muslim, but you've got to ask a Christian if he's a Christian. It means that somehow, somewhere, things have gone very wrong that we are not the billboard because when you come closer to the light, you don't ask, is this the light? Because the effect of the light will tell you, this is the light. The effect of a Christian life will tell you, this is a Christian. Are we together? And as I say, when a Christian, when when a soul loses its flavor, It is not different from the sand of the sea. And what brings what makes, and and the reason Jesus says, you are the salt. During the ancient time, the salt was used, it it was so precious because it was used as a currency. Soldiers were paid in a form of a salt. Actually, the word salary, it's a Latin word that is derived from a salt. I we had, that, that's how precious the salt was during that time. And when you come and check in your body, your body cannot function very well without the salt. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Are, are you with me? Yes. They say a salt is one component that sends electrical signals throughout the body. Sodium also causes the body to become thirsty by activating electrolytes. The water then allows the kidneys to distribute a healthy amount of electrolytes throughout the bloodstream. And this action regulates the blood pressure. Hallelujah. So that means for you to know I'm thirsty, the salt will make you thirsty. So that means... An unbeliever must look at a believer. And the believer must be so salty that once you have spoken, if you were to drink a salty water, immediately you want real water. Salt makes you thirsty. So when you meet a salty Christian, the, more, the automatical thing is, tell me more about God. A real believer will make you to have a thirst for the true God. And Brother Bram say, You can tell. If I spend five minutes with a man, I can tell you whether he's a Christian or not a Christian. Because a Christian, even though they may not say anything, but they transmit a certain atmosphere. And when you walk into a room as a Christian, you walk with an atmosphere. And when you speak, your way to transmit a particular effect on the people. And uh, let me tell you something. It is bad to be a Christian who is not influential. It's absolutely you are failing at your post of duty. When you are a Christian, you've got to be influential. At work, they must know that you are a Christian. I worked with a Muslim woman the other time when I was at Coca-Cola Pretoria. This woman, the company knew that between 12 and 1, she has to pray. There could never be a meeting around that time out of a respect for that woman. And I, I got jealous. I said, goodness, what can I bring in my Christian background to make sure that the company accommodates that? Because if it can do it for the Muslim woman, it must do it for me. Amen. Are we together? Amen. But the problem of Christianity, or within Christian circles, we are complacent. Anyone can walk over our faith. We are fine with it. Try to talk bad about uh, Prophet Muhammad. The whole world will go upside down. If they've got to bomb the newspaper headquarters that publish the story, they will bomb it. Amen. And guess what? If they need to bomb the, the new the headquarters and bomb themselves, they will do it. Amen. You can never talk about the prophet Muhammad in a in a in a in a in a casual manner. But I'm here to report and I'm not ashamed to tell you, Jesus Christ is higher than Muhammad. Oh, yes, I can repeat that. Jesus Christ is higher than Muhammad. Because Muhammad is dead and Muhammad is still in the tomb. But there is a man that went into the tomb. Hallelujah. There is a man that went into the tomb. Muhammad is still there. They've got a ceremony, they know where he's buried. But there is one man. That he is not buried anywhere. He went into the tomb. But within 72 hours, he came out of the tomb. His name is the Lord Jesus Christ. And that one is more respected than Muhammad. Oh, you say, you need to speak good about other people's faith. I've got respect. I respect that. But I acknowledge that, goodness, there is a hierarchy here. There are important people Hallelujah. Yes. And there are people that are deemed to be unimportant. Yeah. Oh, yes. Amen. Oh, If you doubt that, go to a government event. They will put you at the back and they'll say, here are VIPs. And I'm saying within religion, there is a hierarchy. I respect the Buddha. No problem about that. I respect the Muslim. No doubt about that. But I want to tell you, there's no religion. That has ever been founded. And the founder thereof. Died and rose again. There is only one religion. Where the founder came. And took a body of flesh. Went into the grave. And today he is alive. He is alive. And folks. Jesus Christ. How he influenced the world. Jesus Christ didn't have. Big number. He picked up only 12 men. But through those 12 men, even today, the whole world is influenced by Christianity from 12 men. You don't need a bigger number. You need people that are determined. And those people that are determined, they will bring influence upon this world. And I'm saying if you're looking for the people, you're looking at the wrong place. You are the people. You are the people that can bring influence upon the face of the earth. We can be influential in every area of the society. Amen. Are you here folks? Amen. On 12. twelfth, There's a, a newspaper that there's a a news alert. I think it was on C if not CNN or CNBC in London. where two brothers every morning they are on the London streets. Preaching, repent or perish. Yeah. Now they became a nonsense in that town, right. in that city, until they came and arrested them. And when they checked, did the background check the reality, but they say they are the followers of William Brenham. Yeah. And after that, they say, Goodness, we we told them the bylaws do not allow that. So then it led to a question: who is William Branham? Yeah. And they began to ask, then they found our well-known critic's brother, John Collins. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed why they went to the Co- John Collins, because journalism, you've got to balance the story. You've got to get somebody who's for and somebody who's against. But they only got to the one that was against, John Collins. You know John Collins is the, uh, one of the people that backslid from the message. And we need to say things for what they are. He could not live right because of homosexual life Amen. and he got ba- excommunicated. and from that time he started attacking the message. and I'm saying the boy did not overcome the problem. The problem overcame the boy. Now he's making the message a, a, a something that is wrong. When this message condemns you Amen. and you don't want to repent, you want to find the fault with the God with the message. there is nothing wrong with the message. Amen. I'll repeat that. There is nothing wrong with the message. There is nothing wrong with the message. What is wrong is the people's lives are wrong. They refuse to yield themselves to the message. And when the message could not change them, they stood outside and said, William Branham is a false prophet. Oh, really? Why Pentecostal preachers like Benny Hill can come and say, we have never seen such a gift in our generation? Why people like Ch- uh, T.R. Osman can come and say, we have seen Jesus Christ walking in the streets of Phoenix. Why would all these ministers of Pentecostal... I was in Zimbabwe. The young man told me, they say, Pastor, there was a, a Pentecostal minister here. He came and said, I'm looking for the book called The Greatest Battle Ever Fought. And he said, where are you taking the book to? He says, goodness, you don't understand. I'm under pressure. We've got a seminar next weekend. I need to prepare for a seminar. A Pentecostal minister looking for the book, The Greatest Battle Ever fought. They know that he was uh, the true prophet. But they know that they can never meet the standard. John Collins then said, you. Oh, William Branham was a false prophet this and that and the journalist asked him a simple question. If you say this man was illiterate and lived many many years ago if really this man was illiterate why is he still having influence 40 years after his death? Hallelujah Hallelujah. He could not answer the question But this morning I've got an answer to John Collins. There isn't the message is still influential. The word of God. It came from the almighty God. To the heart of the believer. And no one will ever change that. Hallelujah. And folks. The revival of Columbia. Lasted for 1,000 years. After it was taken off the scene. And Columbia was not a prophet. Colombia was a reformer. This was a prophet. Don't worry. If the rapture tarries for another 200 years, there will still be a people in that time that will rise up and say there was a prophet that was sent in this generation. William Branham is not his message. It's God's message through him. Do you know that if we were to bring Brother Branham today, he will be amazed. As I never thought in my wildest imagination that this message could do what it has done. (laughs) (laughs) They told him that your church will be turned into a storeroom. But guess what, folks? Get worse. This message, you that are from Congo, it is deemed to be the biggest because they call it a religion. The biggest religion after Catholic in Congo is the message of William Brennan. Oh, yes. I was sitting with Pastor Chetini, says, Brother Madiva, we want to make this country a message country. We want to make this country a message country. Why? They know the message has got the capacity to do that. But it needs the right agents. Amen. Amen. Are we still together? Influence. The first church, in the early stages of the church history, it had no building. It had no website. It had no radio. It had no TV program. It just had believers. But guess what? The Bible says the word of the Lord was published Throughout all the region, no publisher, by the way it' being published. the first church had no modern equipment that we have, because right now, with one WhatsApp goodness, yeah amen. sometimes we, with one WhatsApp message, you know that, ah, I received this one there's still 10 more that like this one that are coming. Amen. This one, send that one, then it becomes a chain, it comes back to you, then you receive the same message 10 times. I'm simply telling you that in our time, it's easier to distribute information. In no time, you can can update something somewhere uh, or a tweet and almost a million people are exposed to that. But during this time, they, had no, they did not have such mechanism. All they had is themselves. But they had the boldness. They had the boldness. The church did not have a building. The church went out of the building. Remember, the commission says, let the, it does not say let them come. It says you go out. The greatest danger in Christian life is when the church became passive. We've got a building, they will come. And the church became inward-looking. Oh, sister, so is there, sister, so is there, brother, so is there. Oh, we now we can have church. Inward-looking, not outward-looking. All they had to, during that time, it was to say, Tonight, we will be at the Chetty family. Tomorrow, Mpanyana family. Third day, Dipari family. They moved from house to house and broke bread. They did not have motor vehicles. They could not reach far quicker. But the news spread. Their influence was so huge during that time. When you read in Acts 13, Verse 46. Amen. Are you with me? Amen. If they can bring up Acts 13, verse 46. Let's read it together to make sure that you stay awake. Then Paul and Baranamas waxed bold And said It was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you you the Jews yeah. But seeing he put it from you but see, that means you rejected it. And judge yourselves unworthy of the everlasting life. And yourselves unworthy of everlasting life. When you rejected the gospel, you judge yourself unworthy of everlasting life. Lo, we tend to the Gentiles. Lo, we tend to the Gentiles. And that is where the dispensation was now changing from... God was turning to the Gentiles. 47. For so hath the Lord commanded us, for so hath the Lord commanded us saying, saying, I've set thee, the thee to be a light of the Gentiles, that thou shouldest be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. You should be a salvation. Verse 48. And when the Gentiles had this, this, when the Gentile mighty warriors heard this, they were glad. They were there. Are you glad this morning? They were, they were glad they were and, glorified the the and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as were ordained to eternal life believed, Oh, you can say it much better than that. They were led and glorified in the word of the Lord. And as many as were ordained to eternal life believed. It does not say as many as believed were ordained to eternal life. As many as were ordained to eternal life believed. You believe because you were ordained to believe. the gospel came your way, it had to come your way because it was ordained to come your way. Folks, this morning I must tell the David, you are not in the message by chance. You are not in the message by coincidence. It was foreordained before the foundation of the world. that At that time, you will come into the message. You might remember and say, Brother so and so testified to me, let me tell you, it was not brother so and so. God knew you will be on that taxi. God knew the brother will be on that taxi. God knew that there will begin to be a discussion that will lead to you talking about faith. And when they began to talk and you got interested, you are here because you are ordained to eternal life. Are you here, folks? As many as are ordained to eternal life, Believe. You believe because you've got eternal life. Amen. And let us be led about the word of God. Amen. Come up with it. I'm not yet done. And the word We can do that much better. And the word of, of the Lord. Was published. Was published throughout all the region. Who published the weight? The believers during that time, they had a burden upon their heart. Let us get to the message out of that. And I'm saying it is happening in our time. You heard a beautiful testimony of Brother Diocca, how a brother moved and went to the pygmy people that had never seen the light. As soon as the light was switched on, he testified to them about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they are sending the spoken word to them. The word of the Lord shall be published throughout all the region. But I'm saying, it must not be the next person's responsibility. You must publish the weight. Do you hear me? You must publish the weight. You must talk about the goodness of Jesus Christ. Folks, there's no way. I mean, if you were to be taken to... Amen. We live during the time... Somebody was asking this simple question and was saying, because we live during the time of social media, amen, if you're in Dubai, it's a check-in at Dubai, amen, you want your friends to know that you are in D- Dubai, oh, nothing wrong with that. Not many people get to go to Dubai. Now, when you are there, you want people to know what you are doing there. Are we together? But uh, you can't be admitted at the Wheelbank Hospital, General Hospital, and uh, checked in at Wheatbank General <laughs> Hospital. I've never seen that. Uh, why? Because it does not. It does not. Uh, Arouse a feeling of admiration. Amen. 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 But when you get into places that you deem prestigious, you want to check in so that your friends know that, goodness, this fella is a well traveled fella. I'm saying things that we esteem high, we are not afraid to tell the world about them. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I, 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 the moment, as soon as Goodness, you may think that President Zuma is the most useless president, but wait until he comes to your house. You, you are the very one that has been telling people, this man is useless. You are the very one that will be taking the selfie with him, posting with the president. And when we ask you, but you said he's useless, I said, no, no, I didn't understand. But when we sat together, I realized that the man has got a vision. Because why he came to your house, but if being with you, Jacob Zuma can make you to boost and show the world that you are with him. Folks, there is somebody that we are with in the end time. Is greater than Jacob Zuma. He came down in 1963. The mighty angel. And he's with the believers. And today I can tell the David. Checked in with the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh yes. You want to tell your friends. I mean, if you spend a weekend with, an, with Obama, you, will, you want to tell everybody about a minute. You cannot spend time with Obama and go and meet your friends and say, it was not a big deal, you know. Wow. No, sir. The first thing you want to know, have you seen me? Yeah. I was with Obama. Here are the pictures. But I'm telling you today, in this service, there is somebody that is greater than Obama and that person is in the building. He is here. Then we need to rejoice and say, He is here. Yes. And when we leave church, what do we do? The first person that we meet down the street, you don't know who was in church. Who was in church? Was Obama in church? No. Was Jacob Zuma in church? No. Who was in church? The Lord. The Lord himself came into the church and I saw him Hallelujah. Folks, we are the right people to make noise. Masuma will say, Give me a shout offering. Yes, give me a shout offering. Because the Lord is in the building today. Hallelujah. He's moving around, touching every believer. Reach out and touch him. Hallelujah. Can you imagine being those women that came from the grave and they realized He has risen? Folks, they didn't have Facebook during that time. They would have immediately said, He's risen. Post it and say, Hallelujah. But because they did not have the mechanism, they ran. He's risen. He's risen. And the disciples say, what happened? He is risen. Yes. You can never meet him and remain quiet. Yes. If you remain quiet, you have never met him. Yes. When you meet him, you talk about him. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Wherever you meet yourself, brother, you don't know what is happening. Because yes. you recognize the day. You are day and its message. Yes. Lord." Brethren, we are in the midst of God's visitation. Amen. Folks, we need every hand on the on, on the deck. Yes, Singers, are you here? Yes. When you have met him, you sing about him. Yes. Down the mall, the people you sing about him. They say you have lost your mind. Yes, you have lost your mind. Because you have got the mind of Christ yes. and you want to glorify his name. Yes. Hallelujah. And meet him and remain the same. Yes. And whoever the person that you meet, folks, don't be embarrassed to talk about Jesus. Yes. Amen. Amen. I mean, if we were to check into the archives, and some of you brethren from Congo, we just pick up that Joseph Kabila is your brother your blood brother. Even when you were saying, ah, the man is useless, he doesn't call elections immediately. He said, no, 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 no. Let me phone him. Let me go and see him. Because why? The power of the office is the office that has got the influence. Amen. People that want to, you want to associate with somebody that is somebody in society. You don't want to associate with a nobody. A man that would not know whether he's going forward or going backwards. How much more about Jesus Christ? I've got news for you. There are 308,000 people, close to 400,000 people in this town. 400,000. How many of them have heard that God has sent the prophet? How many know that there is a message in the land? Is this the message, the best thing that God has ever given in our time? 400,000 people do not know that God sent the prophet. And because what? They are worshipers. They go to these false prophets, the Bushiris. A Bushiri follower often is just a reflection that they did not know better. So while they don't know better, they might stick away around Bushiri. we together. But how will they know if no one is sent to them? And folks, I was asking brother to because I wanted to do a project that I've got in mind. I said, how much does it cost to print a book at Shakina Publications? He said, we've done quite a lot of them for free. I said, for free? He said, yes, we just printed 3,500 copies for a pastor in India I said for free he says yes I said what do you mean for free there's nothing for Mahala he says no in our church there are brothers God has moved upon their lives he actually said where we have built the church it used to be a property that used to belong to another brother And the brother said, he came there, not much to him, but through the gospel, he became one of the most, I think he said he's a successful architect in the country. And he came, he said, because the Lord has blessed me, I want to give something back for the advancement of the kingdom of God. So over and above that, he said, there are business people that came and said, whatever book that must be printed, we are available, we'll cover the cost. You just tell us what are the needs, pastor. We will do it. And I'm saying, and it says, as we gave, the more we received. I'm not talking about cheap religion here of saying you plant seeds, that nonsense gospel, I'm talking about contributing, not for the pastor to drive the latest Mercedes-Benz, but for the book to be printed, for a hand to receive the message and read. Brother said, put it upon our shoulders. We will cover the cost. The more they do that, the more they are blessed. Why? They are stewards. You that are from Zimbabwe, you know, in, in recent times, they went on, they went on television. Brother says, there is not, he says, what makes television wrong is what they bring on television. Are we together? But stay with me here. He says, we had brothers that came and said, we want to put the preachings on television about this prophet on television. And they went and put the message on television. And there was, I was told that in, one, in, in certain weekends, they would baptize 150 people. That's part of a vision of making a country a message country. Amen. But where does it start? Somebody's moved and say, I will not delegate that responsibility to anyone. It's my responsibility I've got to make my own, my own contribution. Remember, we used to receive books from America. Do you know some of those books were coming because we, a widow will sell her wedding ring and contribute and say, I want to put money into the missions, let the message go forth. Don't you think God will reward such people? Amen. But I'm saying, we are not going to go to heaven and sit there like spectators, where we hear what other people did in their own countries. No, 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 no. For the mere fact that you are not dead, the time that is still left for you, you can use it to increase your prominence in the kingdom of God or to diminish it. There's a danger of extra time. It can make you rise to prominence in God's economy and have an honor and say, I did something for the gospel or it will make you diminish. That's it. I'm not saying, go and buy a slot on TV. But I'm saying, what has God move on your heart to do for the kingdom of God? And if God does something, moves you, don't care about another person, what do they say? Because the devil has got a way to discourage if, for example, if this brother comes and says, this is what I will do. Some people can say, do you think you've got money? Oh yes, I've got money. I'm not ashamed of have got money. That's why I want to advance it for the kingdom of God. Nothing wrong being with having money. Is it wrong to have money? But what you use it can either be good or bad. Are you with me, folks? And my question is, what are you gonna do in your space to advance the message of the hour? What is the sacrifice that you'll make? I'm not talking about money. There's many things that you can do. Just saying every week, Brother Philip's father is ninety-three now. Every morning he goes to the mall with tracks of the message handing out tracts. God loves you. Inviting people to church. Many have been baptized because a 93-year-old man decided that I received, I must publish. 93 years old. Every morning, going to the mall, giving out, testifying at the old age. I've got a question for you. You are young with energy, what are you doing? What are you doing? You've got a car. What is it being used for? Just to drive around haphazardly. what are you doing to advance the kingdom? What influence are you bringing through this message to your people, to your environment? And this is the question that I'm leaving to you with you. Are you influential as a message believer? Do you influence or are you being influenced? If you are being influenced, shame on you. If you are being influenced, shame on you. But if you influence, there is a crowd waiting for you. Don't be ashamed. This message still has power. And your responsibility Is not to make the people believe; is to make the message available. And when the message is available, it's up to God what He does with it. But as many as were ordained to eternal life, they believed. Before I close. Do you have the message table, Brother Mandler? Do you have the software? Okay, let's get it. I wanted, us to read, I wanted us to read this quote together. But Brother Branham says, in the message, God doesn't call man to judgment without first warning him, paragraph 34.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: says, now we find out that his nature was to always to warn a man before judgment to warn a nation before judgment and so forth, he always gives his warning, a reminder to we of a responsibility. We are responsible. God has put us here on the earth for a reason, and that reason that he has put us here for, we are responsible to him for that reason. You should go to him and find out what he wants you to do. You should go to him, and find out what he wants you to do and if it is god's if it is god's calling and if it is god's vision it will be god's provision don't worry about provision don't look at your resources look at the source if you went to if you went to work for a man and he gave you a job on a ranch or something another and he just went out to the barn and he just sat down out there and said, well, see, you must go ask him what he wants you to do, then do it. When you come into the message and you are baptized, the next question is, what must I do? And where do you go? The one that called you is your boss. Ask him what you want me to do. If you are working for a man, find out what your duties are. Then if our life is on the earth here, then we should go to the one who put us here and said, Lord, what would you have me to do? What must I do? Why am I here? If it's to be a housewife or a dishwasher, if, if it's to be whatever God wants you to do, then you do that in the very best way that you know how to do it. No matter how little, no matter how little it is, you must do it. Folks, normally when you touch on the housewife during this time, people have got a, a dim view of that role. But you can take care of your children and be influential upon them until other families come to you why are your children like that? Can we leave our children with you when we go to work? Oh yes, and later they will say we will even pay you some money to take care of them. That's how you get a nursery school. Don't just look at what God gives you at that moment; it is leading you to what something. David was a shepherd before he was a king. But had he undermined the rule of a shepherd, he would have never become a king. Many of us, we want to be the kings, but we forget that we need to start at a certain level. Folks, before he was crowned for as royalty, he was a carpenter. Do you imagine how many times Jesus was hitting that hammer and it hit his fingers? But in him, there was royalty. God had to take him through that avenue to develop his character so that later he's got a sense of responsibility. Don't undermine small beginnings. David, he's the most influential man of our time. You, Everyone knows about uh, uh, David and Goliath. Why, why did he become influential? A shepherd boy out there in the woods, alone. And the brothers were respected because they were taller. They were even taken into the military. When there were wars, they were selected for the battle. But this David was out there in the bushes. But one day while he was there, a lion came and wanted to grab one of the sheep. And he took it and he ripped it apart. One day the bear came. He took the bear. He ripped it apart. And one day, the father said, listen, your fathers has be, have been in the petrol for a long time. Can you just take this bread and take it to your brothers out today? Hallelujah. A small assignment. Something that was deemed unimportant. He took it and handled it with diligence. And he went there. When he got there, he came at the right time. And he looked around and said, but what is happening here? What is the commotion? He said, no, I'm the right person to go there. But listen, David did not have much. He only had a slingshot. But with the little that he had, he mastered what he had. And said, no, I will take Goliath on. The brothers tried to discourage him. But that many, he was a bold man. You can never have an influence without boldness. God does not use cowards. Folks, if you are afraid just to tell someone that you meet and say, hey, are you born again? If you are afraid of that, what else can God use you for? Nothing. But through that boldness, he brought God down. That's why he's influential. What assignment do you have? That nobody knows and cannot deem it to be important. But you know that God called me to do this. Be good at it. Highness that resource that God gave you and through it bring more to the kingdom of God. Don't despise humble beginnings. In closing, this is very, very critical. Just five minutes more. Catholic Church has got a group that they call the, Jesus, the Society of Jesus Christ. Very dangerous group. Go and read about it. They are responsible for assassinations around the world. Go and research about them. They infiltrate economies, political systems, seshes. and if you don't go with the way they want you to go, they take you out. But folks, you've got to know, in the battle, you've got to know the enemy. When you know yourself and you know the enemy, chances of you suffering defeat are slim. But if you don't know yourself and you don't know the enemy, you are going to be defeated. And if you don't know, you know yourself and you don't know the enemy, you might be overconfident, and pride comes before the fall. There are three elements that made Catholic to be what it is today. How many have been to uh, convent schools? Sister Winner's been there. Sister Tloti has been there. Who else? Who wants to communicate to you folks. If you have ever gone to any school that say it started with Sand, raise your hand. Amen. It was a Catholic school, most of them. If not Catholic, it was Anglican. And now, you are not Catholic. You are not Catholic. But when you're in that school, did you worship in a Catholic way? Even Saturday? Okay, even on Saturday. Even now, you have not forgotten things that used to happen there. You know why? The Catholic, the reason it advanced to the levels that it advanced is because, as I said the other time, they wanted the family, they wanted the school, they wanted the church, to say exactly the same thing, yeah. and when those three points agree, chances of you losing a child out of that system are slim. What makes it even more admirable is that even the people that are not part of the system, they will invite themselves into the system. They mm-hmm. say we want our child. I, I was I, I, I did not go to a covenant school. I was supposed to have gone to a school called St. PAX, if some of you know it, it's a Catholic school. I had been accepted, but when they went into, when I was supposed to become a border, there was no bed available, room available. My heart was broken. And now I'm thinking, why did I want to go there? (laughs) But it's because the way the school was run, and I was not yet in the message, I realized that when I get there, they tell me that in the morning, you go to the church and then you go to a class, you pass a class, then you get something. It, it looked admirable to me until later I realized that it was, a, it was a wrong system. But, sure, a Catholicism spread around the world because they touched on those three points church, family, school. Muslim, Islam is the fastest growing religion around the world. A Muslim child will never go to a non Muslim school. If there is no Muslim school, the Muslim father will go to the school to tell the headmaster, My child will be here, but be informed. There are certain things that my child would not do. Okay, your uniform is this way, but my child's uniform will be different. Then, message believers will want to tell us that no, they've got to wear trousers, you know, at school. Wiki, you are a cheap Christian. You are a cheap Christian. A Christian with a, a, Christian with a backbone will not even mind to drive to Nell's Prayton and say, I want to see the MEC of education. My child at that school, this is what she will do, this is what she will do. And when your child sees you doing that as a father, he realizes, I have got an influential father. Are you here, folks? Yeah. And this, these things are even on a national level. I mean, when you're at school, if you stay next to a school and you take your child there and they say, no, we don't have a space for your child. Are you going to just fold your arms and say, uh, uh, honey, you won't go to school this year. They say they don't have space, so you just need to stay at home. No, you will fight. But why don't we see that fight on matters of faith? Islam is growing. Church, family, school, say exactly the same. The message community is losing young people in numbers. The child that you see on Sunday is not the same child that goes to school. Oh, yes. Some, the dress that they wear on Sunday, not the dress that they wear at school. The wardrobe has got a, has got Sunday attire. Week attire. Our children are living double lives. They go to school. They have boyfriends and girlfriends. They come to church. They sing Amazing Grace. Schools have become havens of demons. The quickest way to lose your child in the message is through the schooling system. And if parent, you are not to blame. You are not to you don't spend time a lot of time with your child. You do the best that you can do as a parent and send your children to ah look, I was a young boy in the message. And the other time, peer pressure, you can't escape it. I was in the message. There was one time we were going, into, going on our way to school, the bus detoured and went into CBD, and half, of, half of, the stu- of the kids on the bus disembarked. So that means they were not going to school because the bus stopped at the wrong place. I joined them. Oh, yes, I joined them. But as I was walking with them, somebody turned around and said, Ah, but you should not be here. That condemned me. And I never did it ever again. And I heard Brother Chet say, God will use a sinner to rebuke you. Yeah. I was rebuked that day. You don't spend 80, 70 percent, you don't spend with your child. We are here at church, as 10 percent, I'm releasing you. You'll be at home for the weekend, a couple of minutes, the rest are there with their friends at school. And it becomes influential. And some of them, your daughter or your son, has got more demons that is fighting against today than it was the case when you were growing up. <laughs> They've got a right to tell you, Mommy, during your time things were easier. During our time, things are tougher. <laughs> Here's my question in closing How are we going to make sure that we preserve our kids? Not to drop out of the system. That what the family says, what the church says, and what the school say is exactly the same. Then that's where the people like Brother Ed Biscal came and said, We've got to have a school, message school. They've got one. Brother Ray has immigrated to Canada. He was telling me, brothers in church have got a schedule where they go to the assembly to do the devotions. What a child is taught in the home is what a child is taught in church and is what the child is taught in school. Brother Diwoka has got a school, 4,000 students. What they are taught in school and what they are taught in church and what they are taught at home is exactly the same thing. In this country, we had a man that had a vision, had a school. We're looking, we're looking at him that he will do something for the message community, but he just got drunk and lost his mind and started thinking he's an eighth messenger. So his school is even more dangerous because it will mess up your child's mind. So I would not advise anyone to send their children to. That man's cool. It's more demonic than anything else. Wrong doctrine brings demons. But he had the right vision. And he got distracted because of power. My question is, as a collective, what are we going to do? And I'm leaving that for you to digest. And as we move along the genital life, we'll speak. But the reality of the matter, we are losing our kids at the fastest rate. It needs to stop. God bless you richly. As we stand to our feet, shame tell them how many redeemed people are in the building oh yes to be like Jesus. That's my desire here. How many desires to be like him? Oh, yes. glory Just give us one more, and then we'll wrap up in prayer, worshiping song. Pray. It's good sometimes for one to introspect. If a Christian has got to be salty, the question would be Am I salty? If a Christian has got to be influential, am I influential? If a Christian has got to be a missionary, am I a missionary? And I will appreciate if there could be less movement. Maybe, brother, just keep the door closed. We're not going to take time. It will be a worshiping song. And we'll wrap up in prayer and thereafter we leave. But you know yourself better. I know myself better. I know my strong points. I know my weak points. I know where I need him. And I, for one, need him. Let me walk with you, Jesus. I mean, say said uh, without him we can never make heaven all? Oh. whole. ever leave us alone for without you we can never make heaven or church as you pray just the piano playing you need him speak to him he's listening don't be ashamed to speak to him don't be ashamed to plead your case before him don't care about what your neighbor is thinking your neighbor doesn't know what you're going through Your neighbor did not give birth to you. He created you. He is your God. Speak to him. Speak to him. Pray unto him. Speak to him. He hears your needs. He knows your desires. He made promises for you. Speak to him. Thank you Lord Jesus. lay it down before him leave it at his feet this morning thank you Father thank you Lord Jesus thank you for your grace thank you for your mercy thank you for the revealed way thank you for sending a prophet thank you for such a pure message thank you Lord Jesus thank you Father yes Yes, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Speak to him. He is listening. is so far. I started to know.
2: Dear Heavenly Father, gracious Lord, it's again a privilege, O oh Father, to have gathered this morning, O oh Lord, in this fashion. O oh Lord, we came to your place, O oh Father, Lord, so that you could speak to us. And indeed, Father, you've spoken your word unto our hearts, and here we are now, O oh Lord Jesus, to just say thank you, O oh God. Thank you for such a message, O oh Father Lord. Oh God, maybe there was just again and hope, O oh Lord Jesus, that we were waiting for. We want to say thank you, Father Lord, for this grace, O oh God. Because it's grace to come to your house, O oh Lord, and being taught such things, O oh Father. We're going out there, O oh Lord Jesus, a time being influenced by the things of the world. But we just choose O oh father lord to be influenced by your word oh lord becoming your own word and so that when we go out lord we can also influence others wherever we failed you lord jesus we ask for forgiveness you are our father lord there's no way that we can go other places we only know you and you alone who can forgive us oh god you say we should come to you just as we are so we come so that you can perfect us oh god whatever that's not needed in us oh god you can cleanse it out oh lord jesus as the song says we surrender all to you god surrender all, oh father Thank lord you, father. and we dare ready to to take any turn oh father lord according to your will bless our pastor father lord for being here this morning we thank you, Lord Jesus, for this sermon, O oh God. Mm. We ask you to forgive us, O oh Lord Jesus. So forgive us where we failed you, Father Lord. Yes. And we promise, O oh Lord, from now on, O oh Lord Jesus, to follow, O oh Father Lord, your commandments, to follow what you've taught us, mm. Almighty mighty King so of Kings. Let us be, O oh Lord Jesus, always elated by this word. Not only in church, O oh God, we're not Christians, only Sundays, We want to be Christians everywhere and every day, oh God. Every time, oh Lord, we've given an opportunity to speak about you. Let us do that, oh Father Lord. We want to preach this gospel everywhere. We want to tell the world about Malachi 4. Yes. We want to tell the whole world about Brother Branham, oh Very God. Clear. Because gathering in this fashion, it's all because of Malachi 4, oh Lord Jesus. Mm. You've made us a part, of. Oh Father Lord. Let us bring them in, oh Father Lord. Go out and show them what you've done with us, oh Lord. Let your grace and mercy, oh Lord. Let the world come and see how your mercy have changed us. How your grace, oh Father Lord, have made us all. Oh Father Lord, so that we can also... have. Help them to come in, bless each and every one of us that made it this morning oh god we 've come O oh Father Lord, and I believe that everyone who made it to church or oh God something has happened yes when we go to our respective places we 're going to say truly we are not the same, something has taken place after the sermon. Father Lord, I pray, oh Lord Jesus, for the whole week, oh Father Lord. Today is Sunday, we came to your church, oh God. Tomorrow is Monday, many of us, oh Lord, we're going to work, we're going to school. Just like you said, schools destroy, oh Father Lord. They're destroying our children, oh Father Lord Jesus. We pray by your mercy, oh God, let this anointing follow our kids at school, oh God. Let it follow us at work and everywhere we go, Father. Let us just follow, oh Lord Jesus, according to your will, oh Father Lord. I pray that you bless each and every one of us. Bless even our musician, or oh God. So I pray, O oh Father Lord, for our deacons, each and every yes. one of us, O oh Lord. Help us, O oh Father, if there's something that we can do for your kingdom. Oh Lord Jesus, make it O oh Lord a burden in us so that we can do it, O oh Lord as long as we still have a chance, O God, because we don't know the rapture can come any time, O Father, Lord. Before the rapture, O Lord, if we can do anything for your kingdom, help us, O Lord, to do that. We surrender and give it all to you, O God, in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. I don't know whether I would like to hear a rendition of these are the days of Elijah can take your seats while they dismiss you instrumentally. Is it doable? Okay. Then once they are done, you are dismissed. Have a blessed week. Pray for us. We are praying for you.